This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. Join us, two women, a mother and a daughter, who talk about everything. Hey, this is Trish, and we are back from a little unplanned absence. We had a ton of family things going on, and we thought we were going to be able to put out an episode, but unfortunately, it didn't work out, so we apologize for that. Today, Kate and I are sharing a conversation that we had about some of our favorite family-based TV shows. We're glad you're here, and thanks for listening. Hey, Mom, what's up? (laughs) I'm doing well. We're really awkward at this opening business sometimes yeah I feel like almost the last episode where we just kind of we were just we started recording in the middle of a conversation that seemed to work really well yeah just like oh and here we go we're We're just going yeah it was like literally we were just having a regular phone one of our regular daily phone conversations that people were just listening to (laughs) we haven't really been talking on our normal uh clip though we've both been very busy so busy too busy You've oh, seen it's like been a lot. 5,000 movies lately. Who, me? Yeah. I have actually, I guess, now that you mention it, I've seen, I saw Captain Marvel a bunch of times. I just saw Five Feet Apart yesterday. Um, I saw, I saw Pet Cemetery. I saw, what else is out right now? What else have I seen, Mom? I don't know. That's one of the things I was going to ask you is what have you seen? <laughs> I, how, how did you like Pet Cemetery? Have you seen the original Pet Cemetery? I have not. Okay, neither have From I. From what I understand, this went kind of an alternate university, different direction, you know, type feel. Um, definitely went different than the original and for the book from what I understand. I, I was entertained. I didn't think it was fantastic. It didn't like change my life, but I was very entertained. I definitely would like to see the original. Um, what I did notice about it, though, that interested me was it looks like they're trying to build a sort of Stephen King universe because, um, you know, like the town of Derry was mentioned in it, which is where it happens. So his books are I like that. They, that tie, they all kind of tie in. Like there's references to other places and it better. See, that's or, interesting. I didn't know that. I've never read the books. So I think that in this world of um, cinematic uh, you know, universes where that's kind of the thing now, um, audiences really love that. I know I do for sure. I think that could be kind of a cool thing, like a Stephen King horror movie universe. Maybe they could do something fun with that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you could, because you obviously don't want to like create a story that's not already told in novel form, but I think that I'd, I'd be interested to see where that goes. On the entertainment, uh, weekly network on Sirius, they, been having a lot of hype about this, but they were talking about uh, Pet Cemetery and just how, I guess, Stephen King didn't really like the book or he just felt like it, it, um, it was a hard topic because it was a dark topic. And like the idea of like, if you had, if you had a child or whatever, like why, of course you would want to bring them back to life if you could. You, you know, totally. if you had that option, you would, even if the circumstances mm-hmm. maybe wouldn't be so good and dealing with loss and grief and, and all that. And I don't really, I, it's been, there's been a lot of really interesting conversations uh, in the promotion of this about loss and grief and mm. family and how you deal with that, how people deal with it differently. It's kind of interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, you're, when you're watching the movie and when she gets hit, uh, the, the daughter gets hit by a car and that's how she dies. And, um, you know, like you, you kind of see their, the parents' times of grief. Um, you know, you see them at the funeral, you see them trying to cope with living in this house without her. I mean, you feel it, like you feel even as an audience, like, I know this is a horror movie, but dang, like, I, I get it. Like I would, I don't, I I can't, I can't imagine being a parent that loses a child so young. I, I, I think that I would probably also give it a shot and hope for the best. Yeah. And I think, I think that's kind of what he was referring to is how it, because of the topic, it was his least favorite or something to that effect. I don't know what his exact mm-hmm. quote about it was, but I found that Understandable. interesting. I um, find it, it's something to think about when you, because it's a horror, I think they could handle the grief a little differently. Whereas a lot of movies about death or losing a loved one, like they're milking it for tears or emotion. Mm-hmm. And my guess is, since I haven't seen it, my guess is in the horror genre, it's just there and laid out like, you know, for you to see as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to strike an emotion because the emotion they're trying to strike is, is fear and angst as opposed to yeah. another type of movie. That's like really pulling on your emotions. Like what's that one we saw where the wife gets killed uh, at the very beginning of the movie. I can't think of it. Oh, you and I have seen so many, just so many of those cheesy movies, mom. We could be, we could be talking about one day. We could be talking about, yeah, we could be talking about seven pounds. We could be talking about, uh, it wasn't called one day. It was, uh, life itself. I was like, I, I was racking my brain. Those, I mean, that's totally the kind of movie you and I see together. In fact, it was weird when I saw this movie Five Feet Apart. I don't know if you know anything about this movie. Um, it was just very much the movie you expect it to be. Um, and, and not in a bad way. I mean, I still got emotional and teared up and whatever. But I was like, I saw it with Maggie. And as much as I love Maggie, that it just those are movies that I should be seeing with you. <laughs> like That's totally a me and you type of movie. I don't know. I actually, those are the the movies I see with you. Yeah. Usually, huh? I, I actually had the thought the other day, since we're going to see Endgame together, like, I don't know what I'm going to do if you're like super emotional or, Oh, I'm going to be wrecked. (laughs) I'm going to be absolutely wrecked. Put this on record. Make sure this stays in the podcast. I will be a mess at Endgame. I already know. I had the realization that this is the last time the f- the the original six are going to be together. Like this is it, and I don't just mean characters because that's also true. This is the last time I'm going to see these characters together on screen in this way, like ever. But I mean the actors too. This this was their last press tour all together, the original six. Yeah, and I'm just so emotional know Cap's about it. Out or whatever his face is. Um... Yeah, I mean, he said he, he might do flashbacks or something like that. Like, he, he might make cameos. Mm-hmm. But um, he's, his, I mean, yeah, his time essentially is over. And same thing with Tony. Uh, I mean, Black Widow, it looks like she's going to have a movie. So or she's not quite her. done yet. But it's probably going to be a prequel. So, you know, it's going to be different. Um, Hawkeye, same thing. Hulk, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what Mark Ruffalo is going to be up to, but. 
yeah, it's, it's whatever happens after this, it's, everything is different. Yeah. We're gonna have and to. I'm just going to be so emotional. Like this has been 11 years of my life. <laughs> Do you, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a plan for not being super loud while you're crying? <laughs> I have no plan. I know Danae made fun of me last year uh, at Infinity War because I was so loud. Uh, I have no plan. I will be loud. Yeah. God, I love Marvel so much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So bring tissues for me, please, mom. Okay. I'll be in charge of the tissue. Thank you. Well, well, yes, we got off on a bit of a tangent here. We did per usual, um, which is exactly what happened last week and how we ended up not talking about any of the things we originally set out to talk about. Also, for sure. We've already said interesting also like seven times. So, I mean, that's just shot to hell at this point. Yeah, I've got to change my vocabulary. Dang. I never think about it when I'm speaking. It's only when I'm listening to this later that I'm like, oh, man, I'm obsessed with the word interesting. I should marry the word interesting. <laughs> well, I know. Me too. Like, I don't even know if I say it as much, but we're talking talking about interesting things. So... I yeah, don't I don't know. But I, I think I get it from you. I I'm, came I'm blaming you. The list of other words that we came up with that we never the, use. That we never use. And I actually thought today when I was look because I was looking through my binder, uh, my little podcast binder, and I was like, I really need to just put this right next to me when I record, which it's not here. So obviously, I didn't convince myself <laughs> that was a fail. <laughs> So close yet so far. Well, I had the thought. Maybe someday I'll laminate a list. That'd be cool. It would be so cool. So cool. So I believe we actually did have something we were going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know, <laughs> but I'm obsessed with TV shows. <laughs> like I'm super into TV shows. Yeah. It's kind of a problem because I'm always recommending new ones to you. Yeah. I know it's really frustrating because you're not the only one and I only have so much time. Um, but I thought it'd be kind of fun if we talked about current TV shows, we have to kind of stick with current air currently airing. Otherwise this could spiral forever and ever. We could probably do an entire three seasons just on this topic, but like current TV shows that relate, that kind of have like family dynamics to them and what that, uh, how that resonates with us or how it doesn't resonate with us in any way. Well, and it looks depending on the show that the, the way family looks is totally different or the way it's totally different. The, the different types of families that are shown. I mean, we're at such a fun time with TV right now because there's, I mean, everything, everything. Yeah. Representation is happening. Uh, and it's fantastic. It is fantastic because some of it's still pretty, uh, you know, they're they're making progress and getting more, but totally. Which is even kind of the same thing as like, uh, what's that show, Russian Doll? Because it had a it had a little bit of a family dynamic, but it also had the idea that about finding your people and what that means and who supports mm -hmm. you through tough times, who helps you be you and get through rough times. Gosh, I love yeah. that show. You know, there's actually, um, if we're going to, I feel like there's a lot of shows that kind of have that similar found family trope and how 
shows that kind of display that your family isn't necessarily just the family you're born with, but you can choose your family too. Mm -hmm. And how sometimes that's can be hugely instrumental in who you are. And the show that really comes, there's two shows that come to my mind. If I'm being perfectly honest, uh, one is one day at a time, which I know you haven't seen. I know. I'm sorry. But that I, so truthfully, the only reason I started watching one day at a time was because I knew that it had all this great representation for, uh, voices that aren't heard on TV. So I started watching it to support that and, uh, really happy that I did because I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but there, there's definitely a found family trope in there. Like their, the, their family kind of adopts their landlord. He, he's a drug addict and, and an alcoholic. So he, uh, kind of doesn't, isn't very close with his family. And now that he's been sober for, you know, X amount of years on the show, he, um, he becomes really close with them and, you know, they kind of take care of him and he takes care of them. And it, it's a very nice kind of found family dynamic because he has really touching moments where he talks about how like the first time that he was trusted with their kids or with the kids in the family that he, he just felt like, like how much that meant to him because he was an addict and everybody just looked at him as the addict. And this is his first time getting to break that mold. Just really good stuff like that. Um, and then obviously I have to talk about Schitt's Creek just for so many reasons, but, uh, Stevie finding her family in, um, the Rose family, just every time I watch Schitt's Creek, it just warms my heart. <laughs> I mean, Schitt's Creek, if we're going to talk about family dynamics, we have to talk about Schitt's Creek. Yeah. I mean, Schitt's Creek is because it's a comedy, like some, some of it's just way out there, but the, the overall relationships that it kind of the glimpses of different touching moments and relationships is really good. And just, totally. I love that it's like made by a family with a family starring in it. So, yeah, I mean, David and Alexis are like the best siblings, like yeah, some, some of the best sibling portrayals. I mean, it's just so good the way that they love each other so unconditionally, but they're so mean to each other. I mean, that's siblings, that's siblings in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I could think of the well, there's just a couple episodes I could think of just off the top of my head. It just makes me laugh. Yeah. Mm. Great stuff. So good. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean I really like the way that Schitt's Creek in particular. Uh obviously if you haven't watched Schitt's Creek, the premise is uh this very, very insanely wealthy family loses everything because their financial advisor was embezzling money and so uh, now they have to go live in a motel in this small town that they happen to own randomly and, you know, kind of a funny story with how, how the uber wealthy kind of how, how they're out of touch with reality in a lot of ways and how this small town kind of helps them get back in touch with reality. Um, well, even just the, I, of how they, they own the town, like that the dad bought it for the son as a gift because the name was Shit's Creek. So yeah. he, he just ran thought it was funny. the town and he just thought it was funny. Like just like the whole, yeah. not even thinking about like, we actually own a town now and there's some responsibility with that. They just cavalierly gave it yeah. as a gift. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely very interesting not interesting. It's riveting. Um, <laughs> but it's, I mean, definitely one of the best written shows. I, it's up there for me. I, I can't, I, I love, absolutely adore the show. 
but um, it kind of talks about how, like, even though they were happy when they were wealthy, it doesn't have like the the the, the trope of like we were wealthy, but it didn't fill the hole in our lives. Like they were very happy when they were wealthy, but they still weren't super close. Um, right. They were, they were a good family and they definitely loved and supported each other, but they weren't very close because they were each living very different lives. And then now they're all together living in this motel and uh, in this small town and they really have to have each other's backs. And as you especially see it with their, with the dad, um, how, how happy he is that everyone has just grown so unbelievably close and, you know, spends all this time together. Like he wanted that, especially around the holidays, they do a Christmas episode where they kind of talk about how Christmas for him was kind of sad because everybody was off doing their own thing. And now everyone's together. And that's just kind of what he always wanted. It's just really, really sweet. Mm, I haven't seen that one yet. The the mom didn't even know the daughter's middle name. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Funny stuff like that. (laughs) Alexis, come fill out this form. It's filled out. No, there's still some bits missing. <laughs> All that's missing is my middle name. So fill it out, please. <laughs> the mom kills me. Absolutely. Moira is great. She. Uh, but nothing compares to David. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, he is the reason I watch that show. Dan Levy is a genius. Yeah. And I love him forever. It's pretty. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> mom i have my phone on airplane mode that's not supposed to happen clearly you don't have it on airplane mode i'm looking right at it it's on airplane mode so clearly connected to wi-fi yes okay well then stuff is still gonna come through there i turned it off jeez man (laughs) if man if we were together and that was my phone going off you would be pissed yeah i would be so mad you just talked to me like i was a three-year-old child you, Wi-Fi, yeah. just what about so it? we're clear, when you put it on airplane mode, it used to automatically turn off Wi-Fi. So I don't know when they change it to where it doesn't, FYI. Well, anyways, shall we get back to the topic we were actually supposed to be discussing? Yes, back to family dynamics. I mean, family, uh, not family dynamics. Back to family, family TV, TV shows. shows. Well, our favorite one is what? This is us. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's my favorite all time, but... There are actually a lot of people that really hate the show. Really? Mm-hmm. People with no souls? I think because, in a way, it does that thing we were talking about with the movies earlier. It kind of purposely does stuff to pull at your heartstrings and make you cry. Um, and some people don't like being toy- their emotions being toyed like that. See, I feel like... I don't ever feel like This Is Us really, like, digs it in in the same way. It feels different. Like, it feels like they're just t- telling a story of their lives. I think I it know. does both. I think it sometimes does things where it's like it really milks it and tries to get you to be emotional. And other times where it's just telling the story and it is just emotional because life is emotional. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I guess you don't. I mean, I love the show, so I definitely couldn't say that I'm not biased. Um just the other day I was reading online. Somebody was talking about how much they hate Randall. And I was like, excuse me. Yeah. Like how I would watch the Randall, Randall and Beth show separately. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that he has flaws, but every human being has flaws. So Were they saying I don't understand just like after just, what's going on right now in this current season, they're just saying that he's, 
he they've all I, they've always felt that he is selfish and now they're happy that the show is finally addressing how selfish and terrible he is and how like we're they're tired of his storylines here's here's my take on that whole thing if if you don't watch this is us uh bear with us a second i'll try to give a background there's a couple where the husband just chases his dreams and like randomly a couple things have happened on the show where he is quit his job he is run for election he'll uh he invited his long lost father to live with his family those kind of things he just does things out of his heart yeah and it is he definitely follows his heart like in in a big way and everybody kind of just has to get on board because he's so passionate about it the whole thing with him and beth right now like it's i felt i feel like she's punishing him for decisions that she made I mean, it all, it's all working out according to the season, but his wife has been upset about some stuff and then pursuing her own dreams, saying that she gave up so much because of the way he is. And in a lot of ways that's marriage, but also like, like you can't 20 years down the line be like, I'm going to punish you now for the 20 years that I made the choice to let go of my dreams. Like you make your choices and you deal with it. And that's how she chose to deal with it, I guess. But See, I feel like that's interesting. I never really took it as she was punishing him. I took it as she was trying to finally say, no, this time I can't give this up. And he was not willing to work with that. But she she more than once just kind of brought up or it was displayed through the show that a lot of it was that she had given up so much. And it's like, you make your choices. Like those are, I mean, that's how long term relationships are, right? You you make your choices every, you know. I guess sure, I could relate to that. I mean, the, I, the same I just, could be said I, for me, and I, but I would my dad. But here's here's my thinking: if you give up a lot, and the other person doesn't, that can be frustrating. And if that's never addressed, I mean, if her, sure, it was shown through flashbacks and stuff that like she tried to bring up how she felt, and he never understood. He never tried to understand more is the point. You can only put up with that for so many years, especially when this time she really was trying to say, no, this is my dream. And now I want to follow my dream. And if it's inconvenient for you, I'm not going to give it up just because it's inconvenient for you. Because when have you ever given up your dream because it was inconvenient for me? I don't think that that's unfair. Oh, no, I don't. I just think it's unfair that she tried to address it and then she would always let it go. That's what I'm saying. That's the personal choice, right? She chose to let it go. And then she definitely was doing a lot of passive aggressive kind of, I'm punishing you now. Like there was, there were things that were going to be sacrificed based on her riding home this, you know, willing to die on this horse of, I gave up so much instead of, instead of, instead of working with, okay, so I gave up so much and here's where we are right now. Let's, let's figure out how, Hmm. we can make this work. It was, I'm doing what I'm going to do no matter what the cost. And it almost cost their marriage, but that's not, I, guess. I mean, that's how people are for sure. But the, the, but that's just kind of a problem. Like she made her choices all along and let it slide and, and swallowed, swallowed what she swallowed. And then in the end, she just wanted to say, okay, well now I'm going to be exactly like you were all those years I hated it. And I'm going to throw it in your face and make you pay for it. 
Yeah, I don't, but see, I don't really think that she was throwing it in his face and making him pay for it. I think that that's taking it to a slight extreme. Well, I mean, she, I feel like they weren't talking. She made him sleep somewhere else. And I mean, I don't, I don't know how else you can say. I don't know. Why does this resonate with you so much, mom? Yeah. Well, because I can totally, I mean, I feel like I 100% can relate to the sacrifices you make because of the personality of someone else. Because dad's personality is, is a lot sometimes. Not just, not his personality, you know, like his anxiety and his personality and his demands. And I feel like those are choices I've made. I'm not going to, and I, I definitely speak out about things that I would maybe change or want to be different or like, let's work. Like this is driving me crazy. We've been having the same argument. Let's just, for example, we've been having the same ex argument for 10 years. Can we just like come up with a different plan? Um, but I don't feel like it's his fault. Any sacrifice I've made due to his personality. I mean, I would definitely, I definitely have taken the opportunity to say, you know, because of you're stressed about flying, let's say this is how we live our life. Um, so let's try to do something different, but I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I'm not saying I am not, I don't argue about those things, but I wouldn't throw my whole marriage away because of choices I've made to accommodate my husband. And, and I'm, and I'm now resentful for it. Let's just say. I think it's interesting that those both, that those spoke to us on, in very different ways. Yeah. Because I, based on my experiences with people who were very and you know, I was in a relationship with somebody who was very about themselves and what they wanted and, mm -hmm. you know, everything else kind of be damned. Um, and of course you and dad, it's different for you guys because it's not necessarily all about what he wants, but more just like who he is as a person. So I guess maybe that's the difference. Um, I don't know. Uh, but I, I see Beth's point of view so, so much. And I feel like I've, I don't know. I feel like I, I see exactly where she's coming from. And yes, I wish she had spoken up sooner in their relationship, but I, in, in this instance, I felt like Randall was pretty much a hundred percent in the wrong just because I've, I've felt that same sort of confined feeling of, this person is just going to do whatever they want. And this time I have to stick up for myself. I don't know. Right. And I get, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that and drawing a line, but I do think that at, at some point you have to make it the acknowledge what you're going to lose if, if, and, mm. and so to me, their relationship was, a good quality relationship. They worked together on everything and she made the choice to accommodate his whims and his dreams and his passions. Cause he was so like, she made that choice. And if she wanted to put to, to say, this is what I have to do. It seemed to me that that is a good thing to do. Right. Like obviously she needs to have her chance, but mm -hmm. to the point of, the way she was trying to do it where she was going to lose her marriage and her children were going to suffer was different. Like that, then it's a different dynamic. And if she's willing to do that, if it was that important to her, then she should go for it. But it's, I mean, but it's I think, sad I think to by see. The time, 
I think by the time they got to that point where they realized their marriage was on the line, that's when that's what motivated them to fix it, and they did. Right. I guess I that's what's it, what is telling about the way they did that show because so many people don't draw the line, right? Like so many people just say, I have to have this. I've given up so mm-hmm. much and here's where things are going to be different. That's true. And so even if I, I love you or whatever, but I still, I've given up too much and I'm not going to give up anymore. I mean, that's, that's how, that's exactly how marriages fall apart, right? Mm-hmm. People, people say like, people say love is all about choice right so I mean somewhere along the line somebody makes a choice that yeah and I think they choose something else or someone else or whatever it might be right I just always am fascinated when I see that happen because I think you're so focused on what you don't have that sometimes you forget to realize the things that you're giving up, you may, you may never give get again. Like if you have a good mm-hmm. relationship and especially since she was the one choosing to do that, like she could have those, she could, she could choose those things she wanted, right. That it, she wanted to teach ballet. She wanted to teach ballet. She wanted to pursue her dream of dancing. She could choose that. But as far as relationships go, she would never have that again. She may never have mm-hmm. that again because finding a good relationship um, it's difficult. Now one might say it wasn't a good relationship because she was giving up stuff, but it, because she, in let every it, other respect though. Right. And because it was her choice though. It's also, she let it slide. She accommodated him without putting her foot down. Cause at the time it wasn't as, as important to her as her good marriage or whatever, but all, but then things change. And now she realized, Oh, here I am. And looking back, I wish I wouldn't have given that up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is it, which is a thing that happens in marriage too, but you, you, you have to also remember what you have and what you're going to lose, I guess is my point. Just, yeah, I guess that's very true. There's all these things I don't want, but there's also all these things that I have that I do want. So is that how you think you and dad have made it work this long? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I I think there, I've never really felt like at the end of the day, like I could be super frustrated with him, but at the end of the day, like I'm happy and I love him. And like, there, there are things, you know, I mean, sometimes I think, oh, I'd be really happy if this is different or it makes me sad that, that we have this thing that we're we don't see eye to eye on or whatever, let's just say, but I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. cause I'm just too logical and like, well, it's not like I'm, it's not like all of a sudden you're going to find, you're going to leave and, and pursue this dream and everything's going to be magical. It doesn't work like mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. you could leave and never find someone that loves you the same way or that you love the same way or, I don't know. There's like all the, all the different things. If you break down what makes a good relationship, say there's 20 things, you well, you might get a percentage of those, but you also lost a huge percentage. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back to this is us. 
Oh, took a little detour as we do. Well, really, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about just really like three episodes, like a three episode, four episode arc of This Is Us. We could talk about This Is Us forever because the whole show is about a family. I mean, that the entire premise of the show is family life. Um, you know, I think a lot about the TV show Parenthood that was on the air. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Parenthood is what this is, or like This Is Us is what Parenthood wanted to be in a lot of ways and wasn't, kind of failed. Like, I liked Parenthood. Comparatively, it's, it's hard not to compare the two, and This Is Us seems far superior to me. I think they're not total- that I'm trying to make it a competition. I'm just saying similar vibes about TV shows about a family. Yeah. I loved Parenthood and I think two totally different shows, but yeah, the, the, what this is us does really well is they have the story threads of jumping back and forth that they tie mm-hmm. in together and lead you down a path and then take a left turn. Uh, whereas, parenthood was just straightforward here's the show let's let's show you these mm-hmm. glimpse of lives of these this family and each sibling and their lives definitely true yeah the the flashbacks and flash forwards and this is us can make things a little complicated sometimes but it also is really cool because you're seeing how things that happened to the parents rebecca and jack when they were young, the things that happened to them, how that has influenced their parenting styles and therefore influenced their children as adults. Like it's very interesting to track that linearly. Like I think you and I had an episode where we talked for a minute about like how our choices affect us. Right. And how your choices Mm -hmm. might have affected me. Um, and it's, it's, it's similar to that, right? Like the idea of like, you know, to use the example of like, uh, Rebecca's, yeah, no, that's not good. Uh, Jack's, you know, Jack's dad is an alcoholic. So he like, he talks about how he had no, um, he had no good parenting, no good father to like, no good father figure to model himself after. So he just thinks about what, how his father was and is the opposite. And that's how mm-hmm. he chooses to parent. Um, and you see exact instances or exact memories that he has from when he was young that he maybe can't ever forget and how that has uh, influenced how he was as a father and have such influence how his kids are as fathers. And, you know, it's very interesting to kind of have three or four different um, time periods that they can play with in any episode. Well, and they, they use those flash forwards and flash backwards in different ways, like the way that you said, but they also use it to mirror things like a love story or um, to tell the story of a, of, you know, a secret or something someone's dealing with that happened in the future that they're dealing with presently. They use it in a lot of very clever ways. It's not just Mm -hmm. consistently one way that they do that. Very true. Yeah. I do like that a lot. And that's you kind, can of kind of a new kind of thing that I see is happening more and more in different shows where they have this overarching thing. Like Lost kind of tried to do that at the very end and it got real messy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, where they have this whole 
like you were saying earlier, universe, like this whole world they're working within past, present and future. That seems to be kind of a new trick that uh, filmmakers or TV show makers are using. Yeah. I definitely feel like I have seen it more and more lately and it is a really interesting, I mean, I guess it's probably not everyone's cup of tea, but it is a really interesting way to tell a story to me. Like I, I really like, I, especially with TV shows, I think it works really well with TV shows and I really like being able to kind of see it all laid out there for me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and the way they've used it, like with their season finales is to show you something depending on which era they're in, but it answers some questions and then it brings up more questions. Mm -hmm. So that is also kind of a cool thing that they do. It really does make me think like these choices that I'm making now, how is this? I mean, I don't want to paralyze myself, but it definitely makes (laughs) me think, how is this going to affect me long-term? Like, am I going to be thinking about this moment in five years or is this going to be inconsequential, inconsequential? I don't know. Well, so what kind of moments do you think about now that were from five years ago? Um, like, I mean, I can definitely think of choices that I made and moments, uh, especially in regards to relationships and things like, I mean, the fact that I'm single right now is a pretty big deal considering how close I came to not being single ever again. (laughs) Um, I think about those moments, like when I made those decisions to end relationships, um, I think about, I think about the decision to move to San Francisco and how that kind of just fell in my lap and I didn't really realize I definitely didn't think I would be in San Francisco eight years later. And I am, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's kind of crazy, right? Like I was just offered this job and said, yes. And said, figured I would figure it out later. And here I am. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I never really thought about that way. I'm so focused on the future right now. I haven't really spent much time thinking about the past this, this last year. Well, there's, I mean, there are very few instances that I can think that like one choice had a profound impact on my life. Like looking back, like, you know, obviously having Janae at 16 when there were lots of other options, Mm -hmm. uh, that's one. Um, and getting married, you know, those kind of things, but the rest is just a whole lot of little decisions that lead you to where you are and who you are. Yeah. So don't let it freak you out a little too much about being paralyzed about decisions you make that are life changing. Cause it's usually yeah. a culmination of decisions. I think. Yeah. I guess that's true. Those one one decisions that lead you on a path are usually more for movies and TV shows. True, and and usually in real life, it's like uh, some shows get this, but like it's a learning experience that you can still come back from. You know, mm-hmm. like there aren't a lot of things that you can be like, or you can't say, okay, you know, that was cool or not cool, mm-hmm. and now I'm moving on and doing something different. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, marriage is a pretty hard one. 
having kids, that doesn't work. You can't really back away from that <laughs> after you've made the decision to do it. Doesn't work like that. Yeah. And people like to make the joke it's 18 years. It's not 18 years. It's a lot longer. It's forever. I feel like those are bad parents. <laughs> to make that joke, we're going to start punishing not, people. Not like, to make the joke, but like to actually have that thought of just like, well, it's just 18 years. Like, no, it should really be more than that. I mean, I'm think about it, mom. I'm about to be 28. If you had just stuck around for 18 years, washed my hands of it and walked away. Oh, yeah. That's just like, I can't even fathom it. Gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think call that's you the like thing. when I need to go to the doctor. Yeah. I think that's the thing. That, I mean, I think people think that it's going to be different once the, the legal responsibilities out of the way and they're like adult or even in adulthood, like once they get married, like that's just going to be different. And it's still a lot of. worry and you're still my mom and I still need you (laughs) I'm a baby (laughs) well there's lots of parents that don't know what to do when they feel like their kids don't need them anymore well good thing I tell you I need you every day huh yeah I mean I have to wonder what that's like yeah I guess that's that's an interesting thing that people get so worked up about that my kids don't need me anymore but really your kids always need you yeah, just in different ways. I still need my mom. Yeah. So. Mom! <laughs> What's going on over there? I have my Trying time. Trying to lull me to sleep? That was my time for bed alarm. <laughs> oh. It's time for me to get in bed. Lights out by 1030. Oh, my goodness. These yeah, are my goals. I guess we, didn't, we didn't really say that we were recording late tonight. <laughs> yeah, um, but those are my goals so that I can get out of bed early and get moving. That's actually probably a pretty good plan. I should probably also go to bed because I have to be up early for work too. Yeah. I like this little uh, nighttime thing on the iPhone. That's cute. We started out talking about just TV shows that were current. We only Mm -hmm. got to a couple before we got so sidetracked, but of all time, what is your favorite family TV show? Not like for family time, but like about families. Mm-mm. I mean, because you just met like the cast of one family TV show. Oh man, I did. Boy Meets World. Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> um, I mean, and technically is, this, Game this is, of Thrones is a family show. I mean, about a family. Yeah, I, it, it, it's about a couple of families that really don't right. like each other. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, this okay. So this is a very tough question for me. I realize that I should be closing out with a nice, simple, succinct answer that's just a cute little sound bite, but I can't do that. Um, my number one favorite television show of all time is Veronica Mars, but I don't really count that as a family show. True, uh, tied, I agree. Tied for number two would be Parks and Recreation and Schitt's Creek. Well, Parks and Rec's so, not really a family show either. I mean, unless you do like the th- there's whole, definitely it, there's definitely the found family trope in there though. Right, like they definitely yeah. become each other's family. Uh, but I'm I I will agree that it's not quite the same. So I feel like I I feel like I have to go with Schitt's Creek on here. Uh, just the the comedy and the writing is so phenomenal, and they do such a wonderful way of uh kind of portraying this quirky family. And it also just, I mean, there's some really, really great, uh, one of the main characters, David is pansexual. So I really like that there's representation as far as that goes. Um, 
overall, I feel like the show is just a really, really beautifully done show, not just in the family dynamics, but pretty much every aspect of it. So I feel like I have to go with that for overall. If we're talking specifically my favorite family dynamics to watch on a TV show, I'd have to go with This Is Us for sure. But of all time, huh? I mean, probably that or Boy Meets World. I don't know. It's so hard. Once you bring in shows from my childhood, then that just becomes so complicated because there's the nostalgia factor, right? Like Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World is an iconic show. I mean, it stands the test of time for sure. But there's so much of that that is like, I mean, I spent my formidable years watching Boy Meets World. It was on for a very long time. So there's parts of that show that helped make me who I am. So that's, I don't know. That's just hard. This is a hard question, mom. What's your answer? (laughs) Uh, my answer is kind of complicated too, but I just in looking at the list of family shows, I would probably have because to you're say, so good at googling. Oh, <laughs> shut up! I would probably have to say Party of Five mm. would be one of my all-time favorites. You know, I never watched that, but you—I mean, you had us watch a lot. There was a lot of movies that you were like, "Sit down, you're going to watch this." The Color Purple. Yeah. Man in the moon or on the moon or whatever the heck. Man the guy gets run over by the tractor. You scarred me for life with that. Oh my gosh. That's a really good movie. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. He gets run over by a tractor. That's the price of sex. That's what I learned from that movie. <laughs> if you have sex, you will get run over by a tractor. So well, don't have you sex. were obviously watching it with a skewed vision because that. Of course about I was. Sisters. Yeah, I see. I don't. That. That, that message didn't stay with me all these years later. And I still have not been able to rewatch it as an adult because all I can think about Because there's that is... whole scene where the sister is crying. Like she just sees her sister crying on his grave. And then she has the realization that her sister really loved him as mad as she was at her. Like her sister really loved this guy. I don't remember this at all. And it's like so impactful. Like I, can just remember that. And I think the dad even says something like, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I watched it at the wrong time, I guess. Yeah. You should watch it again. You'll have a whole different perspective. Yeah. But he gets run over by a tractor. So (laughs) yeah. And you know, it's happening. It's so sad. I don't want to see it. I don't want to watch his mom cradle him, cradle his bloody body. He's like moaning or something crazy. She's yelling at her. Go away. Don't, you don't want to see this to the girl. She sees the girl yeah. there. Yeah. Yep. But why? I just, I don't understand. He should have been able to roll away or <laughs> why was there no, like, where was the doctor? Like, I feel like if I was run over by a tractor now, I would live. This is farmland, dear. I mean, they probably had hundreds of acres and plus it was the olden days. So there's no doctor on call. Well, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> So I have so many farmers die or are injured uh, back in the olden yeah, days. I don't have time for the movie. Know. I don't. I don't want to watch a mother grieve her son. Oh, it's a good getting one. run over by a tractor after having sex. You know, there's just there's so many layers to this. <laughs> I can't handle it. Everything comes back to sex. Jeez, Louise. That's who I am as a human being. We're pro ho in this house. Wow, pro ho. I never heard that before. I know my friend Miranda taught it to me. <laughs> she had shirts made that said pro ho. That would make your dad really uncomfortable. It would probably make anyone's dad really uncomfortable. Why? 
because they're not okay with their daughters being sexually liberated. But <laughs> yeah. they're fine when it's their I, I'm just going to say yes. We're just going to leave it at that. Yes, I'm going to say. We'll pick this up next week then, I guess. I think there's... I think there's a difference between being a hoe and being sexually liberated. I think being sexually liberated allows you the opportunity to be a hoe, but you don't necessarily have to take it. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> I, just, like, I, I mean, I guess it depends on your definition of a hoe, too. Like The cultural definition... I think the cultural definition may or may not have changed since since you were a teenager. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I think the definition is different, but yeah. That's because your definition is packed with more misogyny than mine. Well, also I think my definition or my generation's definition wouldn't just mean I want to have sex. So I have sex. It's more of how many partners within a certain time period, like the, the actual definition of hoe is different. Mm, but if you want to, okay, I don't think we need to have this conversation. It's going to make you uncomfortable. Thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Time to sign off on that note. Kate and I did go see Avengers Endgame and the movie was great as expected. Kate also cried a ton as expected. I forgot to bring tissue, so she had to use napkins. As always, we want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper, who provides the music we use in our episodes. The song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com. This isn't a website. This is a podcast. Uh, you have to relate to the listeners, mother. Listeners, commissioners. Just kidding. I'll edit we love that out. the three of you. <laughs> <laughs> Sierra, are you there? <laughs> I can barely handle my Instagram being public. That's not true. I was going to say. like my posts and it's very validating. <laughs> I was like, she's a big fat liar, but I wasn't going to call you out. Well, I appreciate it, but no, I'm, I, I know who I am. I don't know. I guess if we paid more attention, we would figure that out. <laughs> uh, Anyways, I'm but... flipping up. I'm forgetting that we're actually recording. This isn't just a regular conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I'm definitely going to play for the world what an a-hole you are to your mother. <laughs> I don't know, Mom. Sounds like bad parenting. <laughs>